Welcome back to New Wave Therapy. Bob Burdekin here, and it seems that every week we're getting additional subscribers to our YouTube channel, and we're always ready and willing to acknowledge their presence, as well as their support for this and every other project that we create. Now in this, the 13th episode of The Best Kept Secrets and Supplements, Dan and I will be discussing the use of what is known as the symptom survey and how it greatly enhances working with his clients that come into his clinic. So before I get too long-winded, let's let Dan have the stage, and I'm sure that you will greatly appreciate this special episode. Well, Dan, here we are at the 13th episode of this series, and just like the previous episode, we'll not be covering a topic that is herbal in nature, but an item that allows you to acquire great amount of insight into a new client's possible problems. So tell me, Dan, what's the secret weapon that allows you to see inside your clients in a manner that they can't hide any problems from you? You know, one of the tools that we have loved using for several years, Bob, is the system survey. It's been around a long, long time. It's got an amazing history. Okay. So this symptom survey, as you call it, why don't you explain its origins? You know, back in the Middle Ages, actually, the lords of different communities would go to the clergy or to the nobles and ask them questions about the people that lived in their communities, about their habits, what they own. I mean, just surveying different things. And they would go to the clergy or the nobles and the clergy obviously could give the Lords back in the middle ages, they give them some kind of insight on their parishioners. Okay. okay. Or the nobles could talk to them about the serfs. And so this has a long history of where it actually got started. And then later there was a gentleman in late 19, early 1900s, by the name of Henry Mayhew, he actually started going, because lawyers didn't believe you could get the direct answer, the right information from a common person, right? So they had to either go to clergy or the nobles. And Henry Mayhew believed that, no, we could actually expand this, go directly to the common person. They have the, you know, intelligence to answer these questions. And this is really how the, the rudimentary origins of this got started. An early 1916, 1918, somewhere in there, uh, Literary Legacy, I believe, was the magazine. They started using it to actually predict the presidential outcomes. And they started using this as a survey of people that they could use. And they actually predicted fairly accurately the actual presidential elections that took place for over 20 years. Yeah. And that's back in like 1916 and until now. Currently, you know, what we know is most recent, at least you and I's generation will remember what's referred to as the Gallup polls. Exactly. Okay. That came out in the mid thirties, early forties. Obviously our grandparents were influenced by that. They probably participated in that. And what happened with the Gallup polls is that those things branched off into things like the, uh, what they do on the Nielsen ratings, which okay. influenced TV guides back in the day when we had the TV guides. Okay. And so all of these things, conceptually, we know that surveying, we can do what's called pattern recognition. 
Okay. okay. And that these patterns can be very accurate when well interpreted. So that's really kind of the origins of where the system survey or Gallup polls or Nielsen ratings, right? That's what these things kind of evolved over the last almost hundred years into okay. very specific use for, you know, health and wellness patterns. Okay. So let me see if I kind of got the grasp of what you're talking about here. You can actually take a variation of a symptom survey and uh, you could do an actual evaluation of your clients. Is that correct? Yes. We actually use a 220 plus question survey that allows us to identify and hone in on where the stress might be affecting the body the most okay. and what the what categories of support we need to consider. Okay. So understanding that you use the symptom survey in your clinical evaluation, just let me ask, what can a practitioner learn from using a symptom survey when working with their present or new clients? What we learn from it as a practitioner is specifically uh, five or about seven different areas. Okay. We learn okay. about the autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic pathways. If they're overactive, this is a person that tends to be a little high strung, a little irritated, sleep pattern concerns, chronic pain, that type of thing. So we see sympathetic nervous system activity. We see parasympathetic nervous system. That's the that's the restore, rebuild, repair side of the okay. nervous system. It regulates right. digestion and, and the basic healing tone in the body. But we can also see digestive stress, liver, thyroid, kidneys, cardiovascular, even reproductive organ, primarily all centered around the endocrine system with a good survey. Okay. Okay. Well, let's kind of flip that question. You know, if a practitioner can learn quite a bit about their clients using the symptom survey, is there anything that, that the client can learn from completing this form for you as a practitioner? There's several. Actually, there's three top things that we look at. Number one, when that client goes through that system survey, they see that 220 plus different systems that are being surveyed in the body, physical expression. So that it makes them aware of what all we can handle. We okay. run a very diverse, diverse practice. So we're able to see a diversity of concerns, but yet we boil it down with the survey into a very specific area of stress pattern that we know how to design the protocol. That's the first thing. Okay. The, the second is they become aware of how their body's performing. And we let them know from day one, and oh, by the way, Bob, we're going to do another one of these in about six weeks. And we're going to do a side-by-side -side comparison so that you get to see how much stress has reduced and in what areas of the body. It's very exciting to use that as a comparison. It's tangible because even though it's subjective in terms of how Bob might feel in the moment when he did the survey, mm -hmm. when six weeks down the road, when he does another survey and we see a two- or in some cases, a 300-point improvement in stress reduction, it becomes real for you then. It becomes tangible. And you know you're feeling better, 
And thirdly, when you know you're feeling better and you become more aware, compliance. Using a survey like our system survey to get better compliance is key to getting lasting results. Okay. So with all the information that you can acquire using all of those questions in the symptom survey, there has to be quite a few parts or symptoms to it. So just how many parts are there? You know, we've got almost, there's 11 different systems in the body. Now, it depends on which anatomy book you look into in physiology, okay? Because they like to lump words together and call that one category. For example, one of them is muscular skeletal. Well, depending on the book you read, muscular stands alone, skeletal stands alone. But you can have respiratory. You can have digestion and elimination, excretory systems in the body. The urinary tract is one. Uh, Endocrine system, which we touched on a little earlier in in terms of the survey we use. Lymphatic, nervous system, cardiovascular, okay, is one of those things that we look at. Epidermis, skin, largest organ in the body, okay, is one. And then we also have the reproductive organs that we we pay attention to. So in our office, we consider... Clearly, there's at least 11 systems that make the performance of the body possible, and that we have the right categories of support to address each one or multiple, depending upon the other, what the rest of the evaluation might yield. So at this point, the the practitioner has gotten the information that they're looking for from the symptom survey. Mm Mm-hmm. Do the results that you've received have an influence on the protocol or is it just information that goes into the client's folder? You know, that's a really good question because what there's a couple of other evaluation tools that we use and depending upon what that tells us, we'll be able to use some of the nutritional protocol recommendations commonly found with our survey, Mm -hmm. okay, and be able to, you know, test for those things and see if the you know, it's time for liver support. Is it time for B-complex or digestive support? You know, that B-complex would be cardiovascular, right. stamina and energy type support. So we can use that to kind of frame up a little quicker in terms of what to check for the protocol, which saves the client time and money. Okay. And it gives us an efficient way to structure a good protocol. So yes, those are the primary influences that it has on the protocol. You know, Dan, I think we're at a point where we should go over the form itself and hopefully make it even more easier to understand. Don't you agree? Yes, I think it's it's wise that we uh, uh, share that. And I always like to give credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. There are several surveys on the market of this type, but there's only two I personally have found that seem to give us the best results. One is called Nutritech called Nutritech software. You can get it at the International Foundation for Nutrition and Health. And the one that I've been using for really almost over 15 years now, and it's really stood up and been very consistent in giving me pattern recognition for health concerns. And it's by this company right here. I don't know if you can see that, okay, but it's Maestro. Okay, Maestro. I see that, yeah. Yeah, Maestro software. That's the systems survey. Remember, we don't treat symptoms. We don't diagnose or treat disease. That's what modern disease management's job is. Right. Our job 
is to identify where are the systems that are overwhelmed in the body and what protocol can we use to restore health in a natural, non-invasive way. So these documents, try and give it a clear shot here, but they have groups. Okay. Each one of these groups is specific to an organ or a system in the body. And I'm going to explain each group. They're not labeled. It just says group, you know, five, six, seven, A and B, right? They're different groups. Okay. And what we do is we have the client if it, the way they use this effectively is it's one for mild, two for moderate, three for severe. And if they do read through this, and if they don't experience that, just leave it blank. Okay. Okay. Because again, this is a very subjective but effective way to identify pattern recognition for health concerns. And we will compare them with six weeks into the future. This software gives me a side-by-side comparison and it's beautiful. It lays out a very nice report, makes sense to the clients. It encourages them. They're getting results and it really helps with their compliance. Okay. Group one. Group one. Yeah. Okay. Group one is the sympathetic nervous system. Again, sympathetic nervous system. Most people that we see have a touch of what's called hypertonic sympathetic expression or, or pathway activity. Hyper overactive sympathetic stress monitoring pathways. Okay, have the nervous system. Okay. So these are the people that struggle with sleep. They have irritability. They might have a lump in the throat. They have even nerve discomfort or they have, you know, in men especially, weak urine flow or unable to relax. There's about 19 different ways that that one group can express. And so what happens is the more they mark in one group, obviously, when we tally the sheet, then we know, well, this group one, group seven, group nine, these are the top three areas of stress and stress pattern. And it tells us instantly what areas may need support from the protocol to start reducing stress naturally and putting them back in in charge. Group two, group two has an additional 20 areas, but group two has to do with the parasympathetic, the side that it has to do with restore, rebuild, repair, improve, healing, okay? So things like people who have rapid digestion or perspire easily, butterfly-type stomach cramps or feel lightheaded after they, you know, if they get, to, they always seem hungry. So they're kind of lightheaded, even upper respiratory challenges. And maybe they're a slow starter in the morning and want to jump out of the bed and take off and fight, you know, if they're going in the world and they just don't, you know, they're get up and goes, got up and went, so to speak. Right. And they right, just want right. to back. So that's kind of the group two person. That's their expression. They need support to restore, rebuild, and repair. Group three has another 13 different systems that we're looking at, like expression, heart palpitations, hungry between meals, moods or of the blues, people that are melancholy. Right. Also, people who can also like, they crave candy and sugar. They crave sweets uh, all the time. They're very fatigued in the afternoon or heart palpitations if they miss a meal. Mm-hmm. That's a person who's struggling with digestion of carbohydrates. So now that digestive system has come on display. We need to identify two things primarily, the right 
food choices, okay, need to be improved incrementally over time, but also the right digestive support Mm. from a, from a carbohydrate standpoint. Group four, there's 25, 15 to 20 different survey points in group four that has all to, that everything to do with cardiovascular expression. But here's the thing where people get confused. One of them is if your hands and feet go to sleep easily. Another is if you're an afternoon yawner. Another is if skin discolors easily after impact. In other words, you bruise easily. Okay. These are all different things like muscle cramps during workouts. Okay. A lot of people think that, well, my blood pressure is fine. I don't have a cardiovascular stress. Okay. (laughs) But there can be multiple dozens of different seemingly unrelated physical expressions in the body that can be pointing directly at cardiovascular stress that needs to be handled. So that would be group four. Right. Group five is liver. There's about 25 different expressions of the liver. This is one of my favorite, having discomfort between the shoulder blades. So a person thinks, well, I slept wrong or I moved or twisted or I picked something up. I need to see the chiropractor. I need a massage. Yeah. It doesn't help. Okay. We've heard of people that go through that. When we get their liver supported properly with the right nutrition and food, they see the shoulder blades, the pain between the shoulder blades improves, sneezing attacks, again, craving sweets, sensitive to hot weather, hair loss, occasional skin rashes. My favorite is the bitter metallic taste in the mouth that people can get. They never think to equate that with liver, right? Chronic sinus drainage, that type of thing. Number six, we're almost done. We'll get through this. Number six. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Number six has to do with digestion of meat and fats. So when a person passes large amounts of gas, watery or loose stools, stomach bloating, burning stomach sensations, and even the loss of taste for meat. It's really fascinating to me that, you know, you and I grew up around the animal husbandry industry. Right. You and I both witnessed animals when they have a stomach upset, they go off food. Mm -hmm. The human body will give us similar signals in that when we lose our taste for meat, we just, you know, meat just doesn't appeal to us. You know, just you have people that are like that. It's because they've lost the ability to properly break down and digest that properly. And so the body's sending them a signal to the peer. Hey, don't send any more of that down here. I don't know. I can't handle it. I'm not breaking it down properly. I don't feel good. Yeah. So knock it off. And when we've found many, many times with hundreds of people to get the digestion straight, they actually regain their taste for meat. They feel, realize that they do in fact love and enjoy it, but they had to get their digestion straight. Group seven, that's this little catalog right through here. Okay. Thyroid, pituitary, and adrenals. Overactive, underactive. Over, under, over, under. So you can have hyperactive or hypoactive glands. Now, most people are only familiar with hypothyroidism because that's all that modern medicine wants to talk about. Why? Because they got synthroid and they got all 
levothyroxine. Okay. Yeah. So there, you can have an organ that's overactive or underactive in any category of these of these body systems. So we need to pay attention to that. Group A, B complex nutrition. Most everybody I see is B complex deficient. And lastly, under the female or male columns, obviously, we can have specific in the reproductive area. There can be stress patterns specific to men and specific right. to women. And we design right. the protocol accordingly. Okay. So I'm starting to understand that there are many different tools that you use to get the results that both you and the client are looking for, and they're not all herbal based. Correct. You do a lot of different things, you know, yeah. uh, it's, it's really amazing how you've actually taken, you know, through other people as well as yourself, but you've taken the aspect of, of medicine that was done in the 1800s and you've modernized it to a point where it will be a total revitalization revital yeah to revitalize it um yeah basically because you know i was at a, a health fair last weekend okay. and there was a lady i talked to who was a nurse and she'd just been laid off Hmm. And she had gotten all the shots and did everything that they wanted her to do. And she is so downtrodden right now yeah. because she's been, in essence, thrown away. And I asked her, I said, so the people you've talked to, even some of the clients you worked with, because she's an RN R with a master's degree. Wow. And they threw her away in essence. Okay. Uh, I said, did the people really trust the medical profession anymore? And she said, she didn't even, she did not even hesitate. She said, no. Yeah. She says, I don't know what to do. I'm ashamed of the company I'm in and what I've done as far as my work. I thought I was doing everything right. So I spent 10 minutes teaching her that, you know, if she, she's worried about her license and all of that. And I said, you can take that license and you can go to senior, you know, where the, where the seniors go during the day and sure. teach first aid, you're licensed to teach first aid. You can teach them how to take care of themselves. Yes. And join that movement rather than always be having to rely on something that's not really going to do that person any good. And yeah. she couldn't, she actually started to actually come back and be a happy person again. And she said, those are things I never thought of. I says, you've, cause you've never had to think of them. You were told what yeah. to do and you had, yeah, they were, you know, I love the people in the profession. I think that I could agree that obviously most, if not all nurses and, and a lot of the doctors, they're attracted to the field. They want to serve humanity. They right. want to do good. They want to see people well. Then they get locked into a system that is not using that approach at all. It's no. these management, not health care. Right. But they get golden handcuffs. They do it for a while. Then something like this last three years comes up right. and weeds them out even more. Mm -hmm. And they have to learn to become like what you pointed out to her, to become resourceful. Right. To take her license and become resourceful, become aware and become empowered and get out in her community. Yeah. She just has to share her knowledge. 
and you've froze it, Dan. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, anyway. we're here. Okay. So when we do this, I want to ask people to continue to like, share, and subscribe, as well as give a thumbs up and hit that notification bell. And just to let you know that we haven't received any requests for answers to specific questions yet, but we're continuing to look for them located in the comment sections of all the podcasts. So just ask us questions. We'd love to answer them. Yeah. Until next week, when Dan and I will bring you more of the best kept secrets and supplements. Be safe and be healthy.